This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Off tonight, just got swept at Fenway Park. They've lost five of six games against the Red Sox, who are in last place in this division, so I don't feel great about that. Three-game series against the Mariners who they're battling for with the wild card, begins tomorrow at the stadium. Garrett Cole on the mound. So if you're going to win a game, you you would hope that the game is the one that he's pitching because he's going to give you the best opportunity to, even if you don't score enough runs, which they haven't been able to do without Judge, go out there and get a victory. You take a look at the wild card standings. The Yankees right now on the outside looking in, even though Houston lost. So actually the Yankees are back to the wild card number three spot because they were off tonight and the Astros just lost to the Mets, who we transitioned to, put up 11 runs tonight at Minute Maid Park. And the two stars were Frankie Lindor, or the much maligned Frankie Lindor, who... Uh, had five RBIs tonight, including a three-run home run, two for five uh, for the Mets. Max Scherzer, a little glimpse of the pass, gave you eight innings, just one earned run, eight strikeouts, four hits uh, for the future Hall of Famer. And the Mets get back in the win column. So there's just four games under 500. My problem is I just don't see enough with this team that's going to change over the course of the season to believe they're going to make a run. If we remove the teams that are no longer in contention, for the wild card in that National League because you can kiss the, the, the division goodbye. There's no chance they're going to win the NL East. Remove the Cardinals, who they just beat or got beaten by a 2 or 3 this past week, and remove the Rockies and the Nationals. The Mets, tied with the Cubs, are in last place of those teams vying for the three wild card spots with the Marlins, Giants, and, and, and Dodgers uh, occupying said three spots. So, you get a victory tonight, you feel good. I don't think it changes anything as far as what the, the rest of the season looks like for the New York Mets. In the NBA, starting to see the dominoes fall. The Bradley Beal trade was announced. Looks like Washington's going to try to get a third team involved so they can move Chris Paul. Uh, but Bradley Beal is headed to Phoenix to join Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who were knocked out in round two by Jokic's Nuggets in six games, a series that we say lasted six games because technically it did, but it didn't actually feel like it was six games because they got uh, their you-know-what's handed to them in that game six, and it never felt close, never felt like Denver was going to lose that series. I am shocked that not many people are high on this Buell trade, which to me, at least for the moment, is a win for Kevin Durant because he has to win a championship, but it has to also be one that people don't view uh, coming from a super team. I know maybe it'll change if Beal starts to perform and the Suns are rolling, all the KD naysayers who never wanted to give him credit will look for reasons to diminish what he's doing. But I think the concern for the Suns is that you know, the last time Beals played more than 60 games in a season, 2018-2019. And you also don't know, have any evidence as to whether or not he is someone who can, in a winning environment, thrive under pressure. And he goes from, I guess, the best attribute being his his scoring, but... He did it in a high-volume situation for a Wizards team that was bad. And it wasn't like he was shooting high percentages. So now you put him on Phoenix, 
where the two guys leading the team, Booker and Durant, are obviously better than him, so he's not going to get as many touches. And the best-case scenario for him is that he's an average defender. I would lean on the side of him being a below-average defender. So you add a below-average defender to a team that really struggled defensively. So I just don't know what the ceiling is right now because they don't have much of a roster. You would expect that DeAndre Ayton is going to get moved, and you'd hope that if you're a Suns fan, uh, it brings in some much-needed depth. But there's no defense. We don't know that Beal can thrive in a winning environment. And Durant's getting older. He's injury-prone. Devin Booker, there are talks about him becoming more of a facilitator. His best attribute is his individual scoring. I I don't want to see him... (laughs) morph into someone who has to play point guard because they don't have one. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But we do know their owner, Matt Ishbia, he's got the new own, new owner syndrome. Comes in, fires the coach. He's uh, trading Chris Paul away, traded for Kevin Durant. You know, bleed them picks. He's getting into it with Jokic. He's got the new owner syndrome. He's, he's waving all the money around. He's coming in there trying to win a championship. I don't know for the moment how how much closer this moves them to title contention, but we'll see what they have to do around him. But what we do know is, again, Durant has to win another championship. He can't have his legacy be that outside of Golden State, you blew a 3-1 lead in in Oklahoma City, that nets debacle, and then not winning in Phoenix when you had a, a lot of talent around you. So Durant has to absolutely win a championship. But with the Beal acquisition, that means that is one less option, one fewer option for the Knicks, who I think need a significant upgrade this offseason. So who is on the table? Who's on the table for the Knicks? Who are the guys that you're looking at that you say, let's go and add him because he makes us that much better. You can't just bring the same group back together and expect their ceiling to get higher. Josh Hart, love him, plays with a lot of heart, no pun intended. He's a guy who meshed very well with the group on the floor and the fan base. He did an excellent job ingratiating himself with them. They love the energy he brings. He is a a guy who you know is going to go out there and not be afraid of the moment. But simply bringing him back and expecting your young players to just take that leap, which would, would result in that you know natural progression, I don't think that's a sound strategy. you gotta got got to go out there and get a difference maker. Uh, building through the draft sounds great, sounds cute, but it only works when you select one of the greatest players in NBA history, a la Giannis, Steph, Jokic, you know, those guys. If you can hit on those guys, then yes, building through the draft, great, love it. But... In this day and age, you know, it's tougher, especially with all the talent that's around the league, and we see big threes forming everywhere. You got to go out there and get a significant improvement. And there are reports that Zion could be had, though I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons on his podcast, and he intimates that the the Pelicans aren't necessarily just shopping him because they want to get off of, uh, you know, get away from him. They're looking to get a high-end draft pick, number two or number three in this upcoming draft. We know the Spurs aren't dealing uh, number one with Victor Wimbayama uh, coming to the league. So if you if they can get two or three, that's where they're looking to go. And, you know, if uh, New Orleans wants that top pick, 
then that obviously removes the Knicks. But I, I pose the question to you. If Zion Williamson becomes available, is that an option? I, I would say so. I, I understand the injuries. I, I, I get that if the alternative is that he's only, you know, mailing it in because he doesn't want to play in New Orleans, that's not great either. But Zion, I, I, because of the ceiling, because of the superstar potential, that's when I've got to kick the can on. And if he becomes available, I, I would be highly interested in uh, inquiring about his services. It doesn't sound like Jalen Brown is an option because you just figure, why would Boston trade him here? And what is it that the Knicks can offer the Celtics that would pacify them if they're moving on from an All-NBA guy? who was the best player last year. Let's, let's keep it a buck. He was the best player in the finals for them. If they're moving on from him, what would the Knicks have to offer them? And don't tell me draft picks because the Celtics are not going into a rebuild. They still have Jason Tatum, one of the best players in the league. So if Jalen Brown is available, then you would imagine it is because they are looking to move on from him, but also looking to acquire a package that they feel still keeps them in title contention. Carl Anthony Town seems to be a hot name on the market, but, I mean, what is he doing for this team? He, he's goofy, and, it, what, eight years into his career, we're still questioning his toughness. He's like a, a big guy, but he, we only call him that because of his height, not because he plays that way. And he's had that ridiculous comment last week about you know him being a, a game-changer in NBA history. I mean, give me a break. Draymond Green opted out of his contract today declined a 27 and a half million dollar player option so he will become an unrestricted free agent uh it looks like mike dunleavy jr who took over for bob myers uh wants to retain draymond green until we get the paperwork in the filing we can't really comment or say much so i will say i think steve has said it and i'll reiterate we really want draymond back what he means to this organization this team in terms of trying to went the highest level we feel like we have to have him so that's very important beyond that yeah i mean i think a lot can be made of all the challenges that, that are coming our way whether it be aging roster the new cba with some of the limitations there anything else we can bring up but we're aware of all those things but we also feel like we're in a great place because we've got a competitive owner willing to spend and a, a group that's really tied in it's got good synergy good processes good sound decision making so we, we feel confident we can navigate it Quite the fascinating season, uh, all season that's going to unfold for the Warriors because you know they're just one year removed from winning a championship. Still have Steph Curry, maybe not in his prime age wise, but you look at his age thirty five season, what he put together last year, and what he was able to do in the playoffs. They weren't losing games because of him. He he was the only reason why they got to as far as they did, losing in round two to the Lakers. So you'll see what happens with the Warriors. I, as a Laker fan, no interest in signing Draymond Green. I'm sorry, I'll pass. I wonder if Nick fans feel like this is a guy you would love to add to that lineup uh, if you got the opportunity to. He, he is a diminishing player. He's still an excellent defender, high IQ, great playmaker, but just doesn't give you enough offensively. Shooting the basketball in a league that requires you to have great three-point shooting or you know, even scoring around a rim is, is, is something that he used to be good at, used to be better at. But that has, with age, escaped him. Paul George, is that a name that would interest you if you were a Knicks fan? He is still a really good player. The concern with him is the one we've talked about with other players that were linked to the Knicks, Zion and Bradley Beal, and it's that, you know, the injuries have taken a toll on him. The last time he played more than 56 games in the season, 56, 
was back in 2018-2019. I love his defensive prowess. Uh, He can be a playmaker when called upon, and I think he is an underrated shooter. You don't hear Paul George and think that he's a great three-point shooter, but shooting 38% from three for his career, plays both ends. I just don't love the injury history, and it just feels like even if uh, this is something that we would entertain here locally, I wonder if Steve Ballmer, who's about to open up a brand-new arena, well, why is he trading Paul George? You, you you have no idea what you're getting from Kawhi Leonard, who got hurt again during the playoffs. Now, why are you trading Paul George? But if he becomes available, is that a name that would interest you if you are a Knicks fan? Uh, so I was listening to my guys, uh, Alan Hahn and Bart Scott, earlier today on their program. Check them out every day from 12 to 3. And I heard Alan Hahn talking about, you know, Knicks free agency, Knicks offseason. And I'm thinking, man, are we really going back to the good old days of longing for his stars to become disgruntled? Because what he brought up today was, you know, if the Bradley Beal trade goes through. What if it just all falls apart in Phoenix and it just blows up? They don't win a championship. Does Bradley, uh, does Devin Booker, who I think cemented himself as a top 10 player in basketball during the playoffs, where he just couldn't miss, does he become so irate? Does he become so enraged that he's looking for a new home? This experiment flops. They go from being in the finals, two wins away from the finals, and losing four straight, then getting bounced in round two by the Mavs, where they just got blown out at home in a game seven, getting bounced in round two again. And then you, after adding Kevin Durant, you add Bradley Beal, and you still don't make any noise in the playoffs. Does he become someone who's frustrated and wants out of town? Could the Knicks become an option because you know he's a CAA, CAA client? And I'm thinking, man, let's let's not go down this this rabbit hole again. Let's not go down this path. Knicks fans are already beaten by all the years where you looked at a star, LeBron, Wade, you know, Bosh, Kawhi. Every single year, and we're doing the thing with Giannis. Now we're doing it with Devin Booker. Nick fans don't want to hear about a year from now. Could he become disgruntled and force his way to town? So, I mean, where do you go? Where do you go if you're the Knicks? 800-919-3776 because I will maintain you bring back this same group, you're not getting a much different result. Jalen Brunson, he's a star. He's a star. That's the only guy I don't want to get rid of. Uh, Josh Hart would love to bring him back. And the Knicks have his bird right, so they should be able to retain him. Outside of that, everyone can be had. You need to upgrade this roster, so where would you go? 800-919-3776. Your phone calls when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN. We go into this whole rant about players don't honor their contract. We get all nerdy there. But no one, absolutely no one, takes exception to owners and GMs trading players away. So Chris Paul was on Good Morning America. What was he promoting? A book? And he detailed that he found out he had gotten traded while he was on a plane. Got a text about it. Now I'm not ripping the Suns for trading him. It's business. It's what you know. He he's an aging player, and we've seen him time and time again at the end of seasons break down. Now part of that to me falls on Monty Williams playing him heavy minutes, 
And I think that the new team that he goes to has to understand that his body can only withhold so much. And that goes back to when he was younger. So you load manage him, not not to the point where he's missing a ton of games, but he's just not playing heavy minutes. He's on that like 2012, 2013, 2014 Tim Duncan schedule of you know topping out at 28, 29 minutes a game into the playoffs, and then hopefully you can make a run and keep him healthy. But I understand the Suns trading him away. My point is just players get excoriated. How dare you demand a trade? You sign the contract. But when it's the owner and the GM violating said contract, and yes, it is violating the contract because the player signed a contract to be on that team for the duration of four years or five years. So you labeled it as him dishonoring his contract when he asked for a trade or requested trade. So it works the other way, too. If the owner or the GM decides this guy gets traded, and again, I'm not ripping the Suns for making this trade, whatever. It's the right move to make. I just feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy when it comes to the media and how we cover trade demands versus the GM orchestrating trades. 800-919-3776. We go to Harlem. We talked to my guy Lonnie. What up, Lonnie? Kyle, what's going on? Hi, Chantel. Julian, what's up? You sound Shout sleepy, man. Nah, Lonnie. I, uh, let's hold on. I'm gonna put you back on hold. Hold on. I'm gonna put you back on hold. I'm gonna put you back on hold, Lonnie. Stay right there. We're gonna go back to you. I need some energy. You're not gonna come on this program. You're my guy, and all we talk. Uh, the energy I, I listen to you, you know, give on DNR in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. You got energy for those guys. You got energy to be 4 o'clock in the morning at the bar waiting for the tailgate. So you come on the program, I need some energy. We go to Harlem, and we talk to my guy Lonnie. What up, Lonnie? Kyle, what's up, baby? There we Chantel, go. What's up, Julian? What's up? There we Shout go. Shout out to the company. Shout out to the company, my full tell. You already yes, know I sir. have to bring the, energy, bring the energy up for you. First of all, my full, I had to realize I am stepping into the, jo- the dojo, <laughs> so I definitely got to bring the energy Make sure you come correct, um, homie. Make sure you come correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to make sure I kick in the door within the, you know what, for Ty D. Butler. Um, but, yeah, listen, Ty, I called in because mainly, um, you know, you're talking about this trade with the whole Suns and, you know, Beal and stuff like that. I know KD is your favorite player. And, you know, I just, you know, I want to know personally from you, like, like you know, obviously you, you, you sound a little shaky about the trade. So, like, do you think, like, First of all, they don't have a point guard now. No. So if they do trade, if they do trade in, I was looking at the Pacers roster. The Pacers did technically want him now, basically like last year, right? So if they trade him to the Pacers, which I'm not sure can happen or will happen, but they could trade him, I would assume, for like maybe Miles Turner. And then I think they only really have like two other point guards. They got like George Hill, not sure if he's still on the contract. And then they got like, I think, T.J. McConnell. I think T.J. McConnell was already a son. But if they do do like basically maybe trade with the Pacers, I think that would maybe work because T.J. McConnell is a little feisty point guard, and yeah. you won't really need somebody. You won't really need somebody but to just get the ball into those two or three players' hands. So I think that might work for them. Other than that, I don't see. I can see Booker running the point guard, but for a whole season, man, I don't know. That's that's a lot of mental. That's like you know. 
it's it's almost the same. Yeah, I want Booker to, to focus on all of that. Look, I, Booker right. is an established star in this league. I want him to do what he's always done well, and that's score the basketball. I don't want him at this point in his career. Now, yes, you want to evolve and you want to see some playmaking, but I don't want to. I don't want him being a point guard for the entirety of the season and a long, deep playoff run. That's not what he does right. best. Right now, what I can say that they might do, they might start him off at the point guard to start the year off, and then maybe see what happens. You know, see who's you know whatever team is doing bad, they can maybe make a trade then. But I don't know, man. They don't really have. The trade to me seems okay. The only thing that, you know, is going around, obviously, now is another super team that KD's on. And honestly, if he doesn't get it done this, you know, with this team, yeah, good it's not going to really look, it's yeah. not gonna look good on his uh, his resume, his Hall of Fame resume, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know, man. I just, like you said, I don't want Booker running the point. I just think that's going to take away from what he's known to do. And I don't know, man, that roster now is just, ugh. They don't have no help. Like, what are they going to do? Like, I just want to know from you personally because I know you're a KD fan. Yeah, they, they don't have a ton I know of you want, They don't have a ton I know of depth. you want to see him. I know you probably want to see him win another ring or whatever. So, like, what do you, like, personally, what do you think that they should do or could do to, you know, maybe make the team better so that he can maybe go on a, a run? Yeah, I listen, I appreciate the call, Lonnie. Uh, you, you know, we always, uh, we, we, we always have some fun. So for Phoenix, Vegas is is telling you that they don't even love it. The odds shifted like 150 points, not the the magnitude that you thought you would be getting from a guy like Bradley Beal, who was such a hot name on the market. I just my my problem with Phoenix is you already had depth issues. This just made it worse, and now. Like I guess it's too early in the process to see what happens because they'll they'll have to fill those roster spots. You obviously need to use DeAndre Ayton to acquire some depth and fill uh, fill some of those holes. But you just look at his stock; it's dropped. What are you realistically getting for DeAndre Ayton? Who's signing up for that? And you bring up the Pacers because they had actually signed him to an offer sheet. And and Phoenix matched it because they didn't want to lose him. But it's not like last year his stock, you know, rose up. It, it actually dropped. And we saw he had issues with, with Monty and you know, maybe he had some issues with CP3. There's just too many question marks right now. And people bring up those. There's only one basketball. I, I think there is room for them all to, to operate in a space. KD is an efficient scorer, so he doesn't need a ton of touches. Booker was very efficient in the playoffs. And Bradley Beal is just going to have to fit in as that third guy. My question is, as far as the fit is concerned, like we've seen big threes work in the past, but that third guy always changed his game and did something to complement the other two. Ray Allen with the Celtics in 2008 went from being a guy with the ball in his hands a lot with the Sonics to more of a spot-up three-point shooter coming off of screens and held his own defensively. The big three in Miami, Bosch, focused more on defense and rebounding, hit some big shots. The, the big three in Cleveland, Kevin Love, rebounding. Great outlet passer. So these guys changed their game to some degree, and Klay Thompson with, with Durant and Steph was the perfect pick, uh, perfect fit 
because he is one of the best shooters we've ever seen and in his prime was an elite perimeter defender. The Bucks with Holiday and Middleton and Giannis, like they all complement each other. I just don't look at Beal, Booker, and, and KD as a trio of guys who all complement one another. And now you don't have any depth. In a league where it, like, it felt like a decade, ago, a decade ago wasn't that important as long as you had the star power. But it feels like we're transitioning into that being the difference between you being a team that gets bounced in round two versus a team that could legitimately win a championship. And we just saw it in the finals. Jokic and Murray were the stars. But the depth comes in when Gordon in game one was awesome and then in game six was awesome. We saw KCP hit some big shots. Bruce Brown in game five was tremendous. Christian Brown comes in, and I believe that was what, game four, where he was awesome. So I I said game six. Obviously, that series went five. But we saw contribution after contribution from guys coming off the bench, guys who weren't a part of the duo of, of Jokic and Murray, so you really do need that depth, especially now. Miami couldn't get that. Bam was awesome all series. Jimmy Butler was, was kind of inefficient. And outside of that, they just didn't have that consistent contribution from the other guys on their bench. So I, I think that's what Phoenix is going to do. And uh, before we hit a break, 800-919-3776. I see the calls coming in. Uh, I want to address Jose from Brooklyn who just hit me on Twitter. He said, sorry, at Tidy Butler. I can't agree. You want me to give up on Luka and Booker? Possibly getting disgruntled next year for Zach Levine, Zion Williamson, and or Dame now? No, that's not what I'm saying. I, I don't love the Zach Levine fit. I don't know how, how much higher he takes your ceiling to. I, I would be all over Zion Williamson. I'm not saying to give up on those guys because that's another name that's been mentioned. If Kyrie goes back to Dallas, does Luka become frustrated and he wants out? Don't give up on it. It's just that we keep... We, we keep attaching ourselves to these pipe dreams that never come to fruition. So if that is like what we have to do to make ourselves feel good, we're, we're running the same race and we're continuing to finish in last place. That's all I'm saying. 800-919-3776. What's your phone calls when we get back? Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. ESPN. Rogers convinced him to come to New York, which obviously, right? Like these guys are close. We saw them with that warm embrace walking off a Lambeau to end the season last year after that, that awful loss to Detroit that knocked them out of the playoffs in week 18. My problem with the video was when he said he contemplated retirement. Hmm. I don't know that I love that the the Jets just signed a guy who contemplated retiring. Doesn't sound like his mind was like all in on playing the next football season. And they're going to really lean on him to be a major contributor. You know, Garrett Wilson, uh, uh, Lazard, sure. But Miko Harmon, Corey Davis, we don't know if he's going to be here. Guess the Jets have been trying to trade him, haven't found a a, a partner. Cobb's going to... Not going to be your, you know, wide receiver one or two, but they're going to be leaning on him for some contributions. And, you know, injuries always happen. So I didn't love hearing that he was on the brink of retirement before the Jets signed him. So 
I just wanted to throw that out there. 800-919-3776. We go to Jersey and chat with Brian. What's goody, my guy? What's good? Hey, Ty, man. Good evening. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Talk to me. Hey, man. So I'm a a diehard Knicks fan, and I just don't understand why we weren't in on Beal. From everything that I saw, it looked like we weren't even a contender for him. And what the Wizards got back, Nothing. Quite frankly, was was terrible. Yeah, I mean, we terrible. got tons of picks. We got tons of assets. Was he not willing to waive his trade clause to come here, or because he would be our number two? And what we desperately needed in that Heat series was somebody that could create their own shot and somebody that could shoot. And we we just it, it seemed like he'd fit perfectly. And now he's going to go be the third option with the Suns. I mean, it seemed like it was a better fit. The Wizards would have got more. And every, it would have worked out much better. Like, I didn't see anything even about it. Yeah, so. I, listen, I, I appreciate the call, Brian. I, I think it comes down to the fact that uh, he had a no-trade clause, as you just alluded to. And it, the report that we saw Saturday when I was on the air was that the prime destinations were down to Miami and Phoenix. So he was going to be able to dictate where he went. And he wants to go to a team, it sounds like, that he feels is contending for a championship that isn't going to deplete its roster. You make the point, and it's a very good one, that, you know, based on the return that Washington got, which was an absolute disaster, what are they doing? Uh, Based on the return, the Knicks could have offered that. It, It just didn't sound to me from everything that I've heard and people I've talked to that they were all that interested in acquiring him, especially a guy who's injury prone with that massive contract, I mean, you look at his contract. He's he's in year one of something like $250 million contract, which doesn't sound like one that Bradley Beal should be, you know, occupying, that type of a, a lucrative contract. So, like, I get it. He's a scoring threat. He's someone who would have come in and immediately had an impact. How much is he changing the direction of this team? And is there room for you to go out there and get someone else? Because with be with the CBA and the, the second apron, it's going to be harder for teams to afford like multiple max guys while still fielding a, a roster of you know good players around them. So I can understand why the Knicks weren't in on him. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We wrap up with your phone calls when we get back right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.